Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. On Talk Radio, she'll get you talking. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour Live, brought to you from the W Hotel London. We've got a panel of women, a whole host of attitudes and a whole hour of badass for you coming up now. Georgia Lewis-Anderson. Um, I am currently working at Google, actually, uh, as a bit of a pop culture consultant, uh, which is kind of a random thing. That's a great job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've got a big history in music. I started at SPTV um, as I was at uni and kind of was part of this uh, really young team um, on the forefront of like music and the internet, basically. I've done loads of stuff at Vivo. Um, I was the online presenter for the Brits. I worked at Beats uh, with Apple Music for a couple of years. 
And now I'm here at the W Hotel. The highlight. <laughs> I am Leonie Cooper. I am senior staff writer at NME. So I'm 32 now, but I started working for NME when I was 18. So I've been working with them for a long time. I've only been full-time for them for two years, but I was West Coast correspondent in America, so I lived out in LA, which was lovely, and I regret every day moving back to London. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so I just I write about music, and that's what I've done basically my entire life, and I love it, which is good, because otherwise <laughs> what a terrible here. situation I'd be. <laughs> Um, hi, I'm Jane Kennedy, and I work for Modest Management, which is a leading management company, music management company, in the UK and globally. We have managed, and still manage, One Direction, Little Mix, Ollie Murs, Paul Potts, so very <laughs> extreme, um, from one extreme to the other. I head up all of the non-music commercial activity for across all of our artists, so anything from tour merchandise, tour sponsorship, brand partnerships, anything that they want the use of the artists without the music so that's what I do I've been there for five years and um, before that I was in TV production and before that I was in sports still doing all the brand um, brand stuff so lots of stories all off the record maybe <laughs> 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 tweeting yeah. it now yeah. <laughs> and I have to stay for the drinks to get a really good story yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to start as we always do with a kind of news roundup so some of the news stories that our panel have picked up on and they're finding interesting at the moment and and Jane, I think we're going to start with you. So what has caught your attention? Well, it was an article in The Guardian. Um, I've been on holiday for the past couple of weeks, so excuse me for not being necessarily within the past week. But there's an article in The Guardian. There was um, a bit of a furore between um, lots of leading feminists that the word misogynist in Australia has been changed. The, the dictionary definition has been changed. So it's gone from someone who has a deep-seated hatred of women in all aspects of life, to include anyone who is a sexist. So the, the leading um, feminists out there were saying, you know, not all sexists are misogynists, but all misogynists are sexist. So it was just interesting to get kind of get that. I think it's a word that we band around a lot, particularly in the current political climate in America, where, you know, you've got people being sacked for being misogynists, or you've got a president who is a misogynist, allegedly. Um, so it, it's kind of, it's interesting, particularly when we're going to be discussing the gender gap in music. Um, we're going to be discussing Keisha and uh, Dr. Luke later on. Um, so where do we stand? You know, where, what's the, the boundary between sexism? Where does sexism then become misogynistic? And I think we, we use that as women. We call people out for being misogynist when we're not necessarily in the right to do that. They're not. They're just, you know, they just don't have necessarily the right... Um, manners or, or whatever it is <laughs> and that's that's kind of that's interesting to me so where for you do you think the boundary is well I, I mean I I really do I I believe that it is it's that um that a man has been brought up he's whether he was abused as a child or whatever happened to him in his early life that has led him to have a, a hatred of women to the fact that they will you know he will abuse them to that extent you know abuse them in the workplace, in the mar in, you know, in his marriage, or wherever it is, um, for me that is the true, basically. Leonie, we know that in the press mm. we tend to love a big word. We like to make things as big as we possibly can. A nice splash. <laughs> a nice <Yep>. splash. <laughs> Clickable headline. Mm -hmm. um, have we got too fond of throwing out misogyny, which to describe something that might just be kind of? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure if I agree. I think. That type of stuff should be called out when we see it, and it might not be a deep-seated hatred of women in some cases, but if some, if, if a man is making a woman feel bad, 
and I don't know if it, I don't care if it's like deep misogyny, but I think we should call them out on it definitely, and, and bring them up on it for sure. Do you think, uh, particularly in the music industry, are we good enough at doing that, or do we kind of just let stuff ride? We go, oh well, you know what, he's super talented, so it's okay. Yeah, I think possibly we have that kind of yeah that does happen. But I, I try not to. I mean, as, as a female journalist, that's one of the things that I keep an eye out for, is calling out men when men say bad things. <laughs> so when I'm reviewing albums, I'm constantly listening, listening for lines. Like there's an album I've just reviewed that I can't talk about. But there's a, <laughs> but there's a, there's a line of an album I just reviewed, and it is, yeah, it's, it, I would say it's misogynistic. So I'd, I kind of I want to mention that. And also I, just, I review films as well for, for the magazine, and there's a film I've just reviewed as well in which the female characters are kind of poorly written, they're underwritten. You can't tell that these are kind of important figures. They're not women, they're not, not proper women, but they are just kind of doe-eyed prostitutes in one case and just like a pretty princess. And I feel like it's worth mentioning that every time you see it, because if people don't mention it, it does just get brushed under the carpet and people don't get to see what's, so what's happening. It was there. really interesting. I was working in a coffee shop a few weeks ago and I was sat behind two guys who were discussing a sitcom script that they'd writing and they'd obviously had it commissioned to some level or other mm -hmm. because they were casting for it and they went through all the male characters in depth and they were like we need somebody with this kind of look and this experience and these are the sort of people we want and they got to the female character and they were like yeah I mean kind of like out of drama school naive pretty and I was <laughs> like depth there real depth <laughs> um, but I guess there are out of drama school naive pretty girls, so maybe that's definitely. Is sexism more? Is it more unconscious? Is misogyny more intentional? Where sexism is like, for me, they're like, there's this really blur. If it was a Venn diagram, I'm like, I don't know what I'd go. That's sexism, and that's like, they feel like they blur in the middle to me. To mm. me, there's a, there's a, an anger in misogyny. That yeah. There's a real kind of intense anger, yeah. and I don't necessarily think that that's the case when someone is being, you know, whether it's a flippant comment about the way someone's dressed or, you know, something like that. I'm not saying it's basic, but just something that's, you know, oh, you, you know, you look pretty today, darling. Is that... Yeah. But in a way, know, isn't is that, that kind of even worse, that they're not even thinking about it, that there's no kind of... But there's, I, I wouldn't say there's kind of anger coming from no, that position. It's, but it's just a casual kind of it's a casual bombing remark, off which, of someone, yeah. which so that needs to be dealt with just it? as well. You know, I look at generations, you know, like there's certain older people who accept a lot of sexism, sexist remarks that we just would not accept, and it's that's mm. a generation thing, and it's so ingrained where, yeah, it doesn't feel like it has the hatred and the anger, but it's still mm. not okay. So it's, it's like if an old man calls you, like, love on the tube, you'd be like, that's all right, darling. Yeah. <laughs> but then if a 25-year-old man went love, you'd be like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> <laughs> it is a kind of generational thing yeah. as well. Do you see that? Have you seen a kind of generation shift? Do you think it's different amongst the younger generation? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Even, I don't know, some of my parents mates would probably you know just like little things like oh you look I don't know you know you look gorgeous or da, 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 which I think now we would really kind of not stand for and that's great that we're like taking but why parents. don't we why don't we stand for that because if someone tells me I look gorgeous I actually quite appreciate that yeah yeah no, no no that's so it's that it's it's that you know has the world have, have we become too PC it's and also battles though right there's exactly some people like I can't have a conversation with a 70 year old man about why his comments are sexist because he just doesn't <laughs> uh -huh. <react laughs> and he thinks he's being funny and yeah. he to just go. and you have to bring it down to ignorance and you have yeah. to laugh at it because you can't get so wound up about these things because otherwise you'd be you know what I mean mm. going going down the tube mm -hmm. interviewing everyone getting annoyed about it and sometimes 
I think we kind of need to work on our generation at this point and do what we can. It's such a shame when we see people in Parliament really with terrible views and, you know, unfortunately, I'm in my late 20s. I'm not at the age where my peers are going to be running the country yet, but hopefully when we get there, we will have a better attitude. So, you know, there is some positivity mm. to be taken about that. But I've been thinking about this a lot today and I wonder, do you think girls can ever be misogynistic? Do you yeah, think we are? Sometimes actually, we Anne, do stuff without realising it. Yeah, Anne Hathaway yeah. came out with a public apology recently to a female director when she got the script through and it was a female director she said that um she she just she called herself out on reversed mis reverse misogyny which i don't know if that's an actual thing but um she basically went back to that director and called out all the negatives in the script you know well this won't work and this can't work and you know purely based on the fact that she was a woman where she got a script from a man she didn't focus on the negative parts of that script she focused on the strengths of it and she called herself out on that which I thought was quite interesting. So there's a, like a deep ingrained kind of cultural set of behaviours that actually we would excuse in women we kind of say oh well you know that's the effect of the patriarchy that's what happens when you live in it but we hold, hold men to a higher standard and that's not really that fair? I don't know I mean I've had I'm, I'm fortunate I work with in a company where there's like 26, 27 of us and 75% are women and the two owners of the company are men and it's a very, I think the music industry in general, which is maybe why it's, it is coming to, you know, there's more um, articles about sexism and the gender gap and stuff like that. The music industry is very laid back, whereas when I worked in the sports industry, that's very formal and yet, you know, you would get sexist comments and actually it wasn't nice, but the kind of the informality of the music industry, the people that you work with, you're socialising with, you're going to gigs, you're going to see, you know, out on A&R, whatever you're doing, you're mixing with these people in work and the line then blurs into, you know, your work, you're socialising with them all the time, you're travelling, you're on a tour bus, lines blur and comments come out that, you know, you're having banter with them. I mean, I've, my sense of humour, I'm, I'm very much... A, a banter girl <laughs> um, so things that are said I will, I'll, I'll say things and I think God if I was working in America in the sports industry they would sue me and, <laughs> and vice versa with people you know we get in our, in our office there's no you know there, it's not PC but everyone in the office likes it that way and we feel we all feel comfortable and I don't mean that everyone's being really insulting to everyone else but ev no one feels on edge and I think sometimes in this day and age, people start to feel on edge. So everything is a sexist comment. Everything is being picked up when it's actually not. But on the other hand, there's some hellish stuff that's going on. So I think there needs to be a kind of a balance. I think that might be a British thing as opposed to an American thing oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. British people talk a lot. As someone who lived in America for a few years, mm -hmm. the sense of humour does not translate many times. <laughs> yeah. People yeah. just think you're being very rude. It's like, no, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> If you know I like you, if I've called you something bad, yeah. if I don't like you, I've been very polite. I'm just like, really nice to meet you. Yeah. So, Georgia, this, um, this kind of feeds into the article that you're going to talk about, mm -hmm. which is about being a woman in the music industry. Tell us mm -hmm. about that. Um, so the article I chose, it's not a new one, loads of you might have uh, read it already, actually. There's a lot of juicy news to choose at the moment, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah. Um, but I went for this one from a couple of years ago, which was a piece that Annie Mack wrote in Vice. I don't know if any of you guys saw it. Yeah, because it still rings true. But I went for it, number one, because it's the funniest piece as well. And we all know the music industry sexist, but let's, you know, at least smile about it. Um, and also just because it points out 
what we can do about it. You know, she says how six years of journalists always asking her, what's it like being a mum and a DJ? Can you DJ in a dress and heels? Whereas, and she's like, you know, do you ask Tiesto like, what it's like? Do you ask Diplo how he juggles his, his two kids? Do you ask all these guys? So I think it's about what, yeah, what we can do working in the media and uh, not asking those things. I know the guys at the Oscars have pointed that out a little as well with uh, red carpet questions and, you know. Who are you wearing? And all that yeah, like, who are you wearing rather than, like, how was it working on your last project? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I guess it just also gave me a little hint at, um, you know, just to try to catch myself if I ever find touch wood, I won't, uh, finding those kind of questions. Do you think, though, are we asking those questions because it's still such an unusual situation? Because actually the numbers of women are still, in proportion, so much smaller that we kind of have to ask that. We have to ask about the differences. Mm, yes, to a certain extent, I do see what you're saying. But perhaps like the most perhaps we've asked those questions enough now, yeah. and we've mm. recognised the fact that by asking them we are creating the problem. We're not bigging these girls up by saying, "Oh my God, you can DJ in heels." Yes, babe, that's not that's not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just saying, "Oh my God, that mix was so good." Where did you find that tune? I, I I can't believe they did a dub plate for you. You know, that's the stuff. Like we need to get into the nitty gritty and find the gossip in other places. I yeah, think. I remember watching. Uh, there was a t- it was a couple of years ago, and the Saturdays were like promoting their album and also like I think Westlife had done a comeback so both of them were literally on every single TV channel and every single interview they asked all the Saturday girls how they coped with motherhood not one of them no one asked Westlife it didn't even come up in conversation but I know myself on the radio show we've had guests on before and I have actually asked them how they juggle perhaps building a business with having kids and I've always kicked myself when I've asked that but at the same time with women being predominantly the carers I do want to know how they juggle that because Uh society is not really allowing men to be parents you know there are some so yeah I've definitely I've done it myself and I kick myself and like fair play obviously if you're a mum yourself you want to know how the hell is she smashing it and also like dropping the kids off but then maybe it's a bigger problem in society that also we're not giving men enough. Yeah, we're not asking them. Yeah, yeah, and we're putting men in the macho box where they can just turn up and have their dinner on the table, and that's not really fair <laughs> or true. Anyone that's got a lovely boyfriend or brother or dad will know. So, you know. Leonie, do you have to catch yourself with the questions that you won't ask female artists? Definitely, and I get sent to... Well, get sent. The men at the office send me to do interviews with women. No, that's what I'm saying. But I, I like to interview women, and I like to not ask them those questions as well. And I do find that even people I work with will sort of... And I work with a lot of men. I work with women too, but our, our digital editor at the moment is a woman. Our old editor, Chrissy, was a, was a lady as well. But I find that sometimes when men interview women, they do kind of... They, they ask them those questions, and not necessarily the ones about caregiving and things like that, but they, they're a bit like, oh, so what's it, what's it like being a lady? And they feel like they're also maybe doing a good thing in asking about sexism in the music industry. They feel like they're shining a light on it. But as a female artist, imagine how many times you have men coming up to you going, so sexism in the music industry, it must be really bad. How is that? And like, oh, thanks, man, for asking me that. I feel like men ask that question more than women ask that question, whereas I like to interview a woman and not mention sexism at all because obviously it's not anything, it's not yeah, happening right now. Why don't we ask right men about sexism in the yeah. industry? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we don't, actually, do mm-hmm. we, in anything. I've never had a conversation where, unless it's a specific women's event about mm. sexism in that industry, where someone has asked that as a general conversation. And they'd probably think, what's that got to do with me? Yeah, I'm a man. Probably sexism <laughs> doesn't really affect yeah. me. Yeah. But, you know. Jane, but also with gay, well, sorry, gay men in, yeah. in the music industry. So, 
you know, we're going to come on to kind of the gender profiling. So apparently, according to loads of articles, it's 61% male and 39 female, if my math is right. Um, <laughs> which to me, okay, 61 is, is bigger, but it's not a, a huge, it's not like 12% women and the rest are men. But within that male group, there's a, there are a lot of gay men within that, you know, that catchment, a lot of gay men. So it's it, it would be interesting to find out their their experience of it as well because yeah. it ultimately do you think there is a kind of culture that goes with the industry though is it quite a kind of well hard drinking hard partying a lot culture yeah i think so depending on you know who's not been in rehab recently <laughs> or whatever. But, um i think i so i sent out an email yesterday to the to my office and um i, I was saying to the girls before i sent the email to ask them for anecdotes and their stories and any feedback and comments and I sent it and then realised I'd only sent it to the women in the office, which is terrible. I should have sent it to everybody in the office. But anyway, the comments were coming back and the, there's, the age group ranges from, I think, about 23 all the way up. And I sent a couple of others who don't work for Modest but who work with me um, on various things. So in um, music publishing and also on the merchandise side. And they're in their mid to late 50s. So they've been in the music industry for a long, long time. Their stories, they're just like, you know... The amount of abuse, whether it's been physical, verbal, you know, um, pay rises or you, know, you leave your job. One girl was saying she left her job. The guy that replaced her was on X amount more than her. And when he left because he was rubbish at his job and they begged her to come back and she found out she knew how much he was on. So she said, right, you pay me that or you pay me more. And they were kind of like, well, he's got a family to support. Like, I've got a family, you know, I've got a family to support. So that was back, at, you know, yeah. 20, 30 years ago. Interestingly, the younger girls in the office have said, you know what? No, like, our head of digital is a woman. Head of, you know, commercial opportunities is a woman. The managers, the artist managers themselves, it's like, I'd say it's 60, 40 women, you know, to men. So we're in a really good position and, and maybe buck the trend for various other... Um, management companies or re the record labels or whatever but they are saying that the younger men that are coming in they're already you know their conditions there's so much going on whether it's in schools you know for whether it's um you know all the kind of gender neutral upbringings that they're kind of getting at the moment so they're they're more aware of it than than we are and and i think that's that you'll see yeah, that in the next yeah. 10 years coming through but obviously at the top end of the scale there's the men who are in their 60s, late 60s, 70s, who are still running it, and they've come in at a time when there weren't as many women, and it was yeah. a more acceptable masculine. Yeah. Not that it was acceptable, but... Common. Yeah. It, yeah. Oh, I don't want to use that locker room banter yeah, yeah. phrase, but not <laughs> yeah. at all. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like, do you ever feel it at Enemy or other places? No, I, I think it, what you're saying is correct. It's, it was 30 years ago, mm -hmm. and, it's, and things are definitely changing. I feel like there are so many women that I know in the music industry and mostly I think I suppose this is actually kind of a, a twist on it that is possibly a sexist thing but most people I know in PR are women and that's probably because it's kind of seen as a nurturing kind of female role but literally all the heads of press that I know at major labels are women or like, most of the press I'd say 80% of press officers 
I know are women and they all do an incredible job and quite a lot of women in management as well but it is those nurturing roles so maybe that is kind of it's like the sound engineering it's the, exactly, like yeah. 90% men or whatever yeah the producers the kind yeah. of the technical stuff the stuff where it's like looking after people and making sure people <laughs> don't drink too much or take too many drugs and do their interviews yeah. the women can sort that out while the men are like don't worry we'll twiddle the knobs we've got that for you love <laughs> that sort of that thing that is men's but, but there are but there are <laughs> but there are women in the, there are lots and lots of women in the music community there are so many female writers so many people kind of women on the radio as well I feel like that's a strong thing for women like all of the best uh, radio people that I know we're like Lauren Laverne Joe Wiley, Keris Matthews, all the, the best people on Six Music, Julie Azanuga of Beats, brilliant radio DJs, and they're all women. So, the women. Did you know oh, that yeah, the BBC yeah. did a test, oh, and uh, apparently girls' voices are more annoying, really? which is why there are actually less girls on the BBC. Yeah. the tone of our voices. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like, is this, is this nature, or is this just nurture, that we're used to men's voices, and women's voices are at a different pitch, but if you... If you get like trained lagging. to be a speaker, yeah, they get you to drop your voice down because if it's mm -hmm. too high pitched or too feminine, mm -hmm. people like. But I'm just like, I just think we've all been conditioned to hear. There was a wonderful piece of voices. science that says that men actually can only hear at a smaller pitch range than women can. Oh. So <laughs> women's voices are literally too high for them. So to they just can't hear what's going on. Just like watching TV, and that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, there is a big old debate there about one area where women are missing. Uh -huh. What's that? Was well, this my one? Yes. <laughs> okay. So I, I've made some notes so I don't forget some important <laughs> stats. But it's basically to do with festivals and female headliners. So two years ago, a blogger did this. Uh, you know the Reading Festival lineup poster, the kind of obvious yellow thing. Um, they took out all the male acts and just left the female names. And they were literally, like, on the main stage, there was one <laughs> tiny thing at the bottom. There was something on the dance stage at, like, two in the afternoon. So basically, there were no women playing Reading Festival, Reading Elise Festival. Uh, the year after, they didn't change a thing. The year after, and yet again, there are no, hardly any women playing Reading Festival this year. I think the kind of highest band uh, up are Haim, who are headlining the uh, enemy Radio 1 stage. Uh, we don't really have anything to do with that, so that's not my fault. Um, <laughs> well just done, a name. It's just yeah. a name thing. Um, but, like... This, there's, why are there no women playing these festivals? It's crazy because if you think of all the biggest artists in the world, and especially in the pop world, Beyonce, Katy Perry, all of these people, huge, Lady Gaga, why are they not headlining UK festivals? But is this Reading and Leeds specific? Because Reading and Leeds is more no. rocky, mm -hmm. boy, no? It is not Reading and Leeds specific. Also, if you look at the festivals this year, there's only two female headliners, which Beat is... Festivals, yeah, Pink... Pink? Pink, exactly. Oh, oh she's like, still about. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, the, the woman you pick to headline festivals is pink. I mean, good on you, pink. No, but there's but a lot of there's a lot of females in that lineup because I've walked past oh, okay. the, the lineup picture on the tube this All right. today. So this is okay, quite a positive got, one. But interesting, it's the headline slot which just is bizarre. And then a green man, PJ Harvey. Mm -hmm. And, but it's I find it bizarre because like, one of the biggest ever festival crowds that I've ever seen was Dolly Parton at Glastonbury mm -hmm. two years ago. I couldn't even get anywhere near the stage. I couldn't I couldn't hardly see it. But that's what was that? 150,000 people watching a woman, a woman who could easily headline that festival. But for some reason, because she is a woman, has been put into a different kind of block. Well, she was on she, the legend stage. But yeah, she but she's a legend. Le but think who's like Foo Fighters, Radiohead, Ed Sheeran headlining this year. Radiohead could be seen as legends, and I. I feel like when the lights go down, let's get some kind of Dolly Brasmataz going. Is it going. just that there are fewer female artists? Is it the people booking them? I mean, what do you think, Jane? I mean, it's you've got to take into context as well that there's a lot of artists on tour. Mm -hmm. So you've got artists that are booked out. We can't do the festivals anyway, so you don't know kind of what's going on. A lot of these festivals, so I, just, I went to Coachella the other week. 
Gaga was headlining, it was mm. supposed to be Beyonce, but they sell the tickets obviously before the, the lineups are announced. Yeah. So it's kind of like, right, we'll sell the tickets and then see kind of who's available. So Radiohead were playing out there as well. Mm. Their sound system melted the first weekend, so apparently it didn't go down very well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. So you, you don't know who's been asked and what the the artist wants in return for playing. So there's, no. there's a lot of like, financial factors like that come in as well. I think it was 86%, in fact... 86% of UK festival performers two years ago were men, and that's definitely not a that's fair representation of... That's a stat that goes across everything. Every industry, it's 80% men, 20% women. Mm -hmm. But what so does the consumer actually want? That, now, that's, you know, there's, they're going to have a women's-only uh, stand at Glastonbury, mm -hmm. um, or stage at Glastonbury, sorry. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, the Sisterhood. The Sisterhood. Yeah, I went there it. last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People got their boobs out. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. But it's kind of like that on the market. Yeah. 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 But it's like, you know, it's just for women. And I, I think for part, part of what I would love to see is that, you know, feminism and to try and get rid of sexism in the industry. It's not about segregating us. It's about trying to do things that will develop us. Personally, I love, I love country. I love rock. And the majority of the people that I love are men. Like, not... Mm because the women aren't necessarily good, they're just not, the voices are not to my taste. So, you know, a lot of women are the same, like you want to go and see you know, whoever, you know, Coldplay, or if you don't want to see Coldplay, <laughs> but whoever it is, you know, Edge here, and that's who they want to see, they want to go with their boyfriends, or their boyfriends want to go with their girlfriends, so, I don't know, it's oh, a I very tricky one. I think it's, it's more about kind some of, of the biggest bands, the kind of the biggest selling pop bands, admittedly pop, are the girl bands, mm. you know? Well, you've got Little Mix, but who are playing various, yeah. but then they're on tour themselves so they're but is it just that we don't then have enough so is that the problem Georgia is it actually just a numbers game where actually if we're um, giving kind of record deals and the record deals are going 70% guys mm -hmm. and 30% women or even 65% guys and 35% women my maths are really stressing <laughs> my brain um, then actually then when you start to look at things like who's on tour who's available who mm -hmm. wants to do it the numbers get smaller and smaller I think that's probable I was really keen when I came here. There's so many stats, and I've had so many experiences being the only girl in lots of situations, finding out other people are getting paid more than me, writing the pitch for something, and a, like the man getting all the questions from something that I've worked hard on, you know. Um, but I was really keen that I don't want to be too negative about that. So, say, perhaps at the moment, yeah, there's not enough great female artists getting the bookings. Like, that is a cold, hot fact. But hopefully, the way the music industry is going, with much more of a DIY feel, as we've seen probably most prevalent in Little Sims and Stormzy, you know, they're like smashing the chart and the globe mm -hmm. without any kind of backing. They didn't need a couple of guys in suits in a room to say, yeah, you know what, you should go, uh, like, put on a little skirt, babe, or, yeah, we should get, like, some terrible, I don't know, old American singer to jump on your track, Stormzy. You know, they're doing it on their own terms. So we just have to be hopeful that it will cha change, I guess, and, yeah, that's really what the nuts and bolts. What's your experience been like overall? Um, overall it's been great I've had like you know I'm so lucky to have had all the experiences that I've had uh, been the places that I have met the people that I have but definitely especially like I was at SB probably seven years ago now and I was the only girl on a team of under 25s at the helm of this really fast moving YouTube channel that we just could not control and like I was the presenter and interviewer but I was also, like, it was all hands on deck. I don't know if any of you guys have worked at a startup, but you don't just turn up, do your job and leave. 
you know, you do everything. So I like did all the press packs. I'd organised with all the uh, PRs about where we we're going to do the interview. I'd make sure the cameramen were there on time. You know, and we did it as a team. It wasn't just me. But it's like that's an example when I did do the press pack for SB and we were giving it out backstage at Wireless. Everyone's like, you know, patting J- Jamal, who was actually quite good at his job. But like, uh, <laughs> some at times, at times, <laughs> off the record. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, patting the other guys on the back, like, oh, this looks great, mate. And I was like, no, I stayed up all night doing that. I got my friend to help me with that on like InDesign or whatever. You know, just because I've got like a massive pair of earrings on and a fluffy jumper, mate, <laughs> don't mess with me. <laughs> like seriously. So, do you think men think like that though? Like if if someone had come up to you and they'd done it and you said, oh, well done with those packs. Do you think men? I don't know. I just always we all. I think we kind of analyse a lot of things. Think mm, you know we did that. Yeah, I think this definitely seems to, I don't want, like, again, I don't want to generalise, but there's definitely an old school business mentality where the leader of the, the gang or the team will take all the credit for all the work. And I do think that that is a traditional business mindset. It's not a traditional, it's not a modern, it's... It's not a modern way, it is a modern way of thinking to acknowledge the people who worked hard in your team, team collective, and I think a feminine leadership style is much more collaborative and much more likely to acknowledge the team effort than individuals. I see, I, I would disagree, I've worked for three women in the various categories, one was amazing, and the other two were so focused and driven because they wanted to play in their man's world, and that's kind of what they would, you know, that's how they would describe it that they were, they were so hell-bent on getting there that they would have pushed you under the bus to get there and taken, you know... Yeah. And that's and a traditional said, mindset, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a traditional way of doing business. It's single-minded. Uh-huh. I'm just going to get there. Everybody else get out of my way. But that's women. Yeah. And I think... Oh, in the music no. industry. I, no, I'll say I'm with them. I think it's yeah. a traditional mindset because yeah. men do it all the time and everyone's like, well, that's what they would do because that's what we ex- uh-huh. how we expect men to behave and we expect women to be collaborative. Um, so I don't think it's, I don't actually think that's a male, female, I think that's an age and culture. Yeah. So, because yeah. yeah. some, like I said before, some women are bitches and some men are bastards. Yeah. That's really nice. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the only one thing we have to talk about is the big story from earlier this year, which is oh. Kesha and the sexual yes. harassment trial, and that just completely blew up. Did uh-huh. you, within the industry, did you kind of know that was coming, or...? We didn't know it was coming, no, because obviously it was a very yeah. private, personal story until the trial happened, but it wasn't surprising at all, and I don't know if it's even just, it didn't seem to me a typically just this only this thing only kind of happens in the music industry, this kind of thing happens in all industries, and that's what was so kind of quite disgusting about the whole thing, but what I did like about that whole case was the fact that so many women then went to stand up for Kesha, so bands like Haim, um, I think Katy Perry said something as well. All these people came out in support of her. So it was really nice to kind of see that sisterhood and these people standing up for her, which, was, which wasn't expected, but was yeah. a really positive thing to come out of it. Jane, you work with a lot of young artists. Mm-hmm. How do we kind of... Because that, that, again, feels to me like a very a hangover almost from a different time. Like, mm-hmm. Are we more protective of them now? I don't know. I mean... He he he. Well, the case was dropped, so she didn't win anything. Yeah. So that's that's the issue for me. He wasn't. They didn't find him guilty of anything, but he has been found guilty through the media and through yeah. a lot of other people. We still, you know, I don't know what happened, mm. and I'm, you know, I'm not prepared to make kind of that comment on that. I think within our from our management company, we are very protective of, you know, we've got a pastoral care team, yeah. if you like, who we do we look after artists. A lot of them. 
And we used to exclusively look after all the X Factor talent that came in. Um, we no longer do that, but we, you'd get 10 or 11 every year, and they're young, and they, you know, they, they kind of, if, if they've got a bit of money, you know, they, that starts to change them as well. So not only can they be, some of them can be vulnerable, but then it can be flipped, and they can become the ones that are actually, yeah. you know, doing it. None of our artists, I would like to <laughs> establish and maintain that. But, um, yeah, it is something that you've really got to care about, but it's an interesting one. Like, I read all, all of the articles on that case, and mm. it's... You know, obviously they've, they've, he, he's he's no, no longer with the um, the imprint now. Mm. So, but even if it didn't, if, if it didn't happen with him and Kesha, it's definitely happened with someone oh else. Oh God, yeah. So it's like exactly. Ronnie Spector and Phil Spector in oh, the seventies. It's yeah. totally just a rehash of oh. that whole story, where yeah. just a man is basically keeping a woman imprisoned, be it to a contract with Kesha mm -hmm. or a house, which it was with Ronnie Spector. Which that is was it kind of normalised? Because thing. for young women coming into the industry, they mm. really want to make their mark. We do sexualise young women in that industry from the get-go. You mm. know, we're telling them it's marketing, it's branding, you need to look a certain way, you need to have a certain attitude. Is there enough kind of... I don't think it's just in, in the music industry. I think, like, with the whole yeah. reality TV world that we live in, all these women that are coming in, they are, like... They are, they, they're putting themselves out there and they're doing it, you know, for a reaction and, uh, you know, and making themselves... You know, they're beautiful women and just some of the stuff that they come out with, you're like, oh, my God... And young girls now are seeing that, and they're like, well, I don't want to be a doctor, I'll be a reality star. George, do you think, out. is that what you kind of saw? Because you were there with the whole YouTube takeoff mm -hmm. when suddenly everyone's life was online all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what, I was having a discussion uh, with my boyfriend yesterday, and we were talking about what gets the most likes on Instagram. <laughs> and my picture that has the most likes is me in a bikini top. And I was just like, this is ridiculous, <laughs> as if everyone online is so basic that, you know, this is what... And then it's like what so am I just gonna like you know snap naked photos obviously not and it's just a shame because also it plays into the conversation as a young girl if you are gorgeous and beautiful and you want to exploit your sexuality should you feel ashamed of that mm -hmm. you know so it's the and the Kesha thing just showed I mean obviously I don't know what happened and that sounds really extreme but I just think that the argument is a bigger one of a thin line between a woman like I don't know Charlie XCX at the moment being proud and being kind of a feminist but also in the like art off in most of our videos versus someone that's being forced to do that you know mm. uh, talking about videos because i i being i used to be well, i still am big r&b fan and i look at some of those older videos from 10 years ago and i'm like what <laughs> the? and yeah. then recently so little mixes recent video yeah. maybe i'm getting old but i looked at that video and i was like they literally looked like they were having sex, and yeah. I'm like, oh god, no! Believe me, we're sat. I sit. We're in an open plan. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. We sit in an open plan office, and I'm in the kind of the old corner. There's three women. We're all in our forties, and a guy that works with me is in his thirties. Yeah. God bless him. He's earned his place in heaven. But, um, when the video came out, we're like, have you seen? But how much oh control God. do they have over that? They, that was them. Was really? it? Oh, yeah. They sign everything off. Okay. All of our artists do. They have complete, complete control on how they look and how they want to look. Right, And okay. we've kind of said, you know, thrown it down a little bit, but no, that, yeah. you know, they love that. Sex and sells. It always yeah. has done, kind of going back to... But it's, it's young girls' it's idea of what is sexy. Because you're like, yeah. God, you're beautiful girls. You know, yeah, you could it's, be... It's very know. pornographic, actually. It's not very, like... I think there's some other artists that are coming Sorry, through that are uber-sexy, but not in this sort of... They look very powerful. Like, 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 like FK like, Twigs or someone yeah, like that yeah, who's doing like, like like strong, but she's still naked. Yeah. So is it, I don't know if it is better or worse. Maybe 
Maybe someone should just put some clothes on. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. It's more than like just the actions, the dance style. Like they do, to me, that little mix it, video, mm -hmm. they, d they look like they are interpreting what they think sexy is, which is very pornographic, very like playing up to the camera. And I think that there is a new style of sexy mm -hmm. that's coming through yeah. where it's much more women are much more empowered with their sexiness and it's not through that male gaze. It's really yeah, male gaze. Yeah. 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 Ask you, who has seen the Little Mix video? Put it's your hand touch. up, have you seen it? Touch. Touch. Yeah. 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 Sorry, is that the one with the jackhammer? Oh no, that, okay. oh, that again, I was like, group. what that's is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> I forgot so what If you've got your hands up and you've seen the video, it's about, about half of you. How many of you thought it was empowering for female sexuality? Okay, let's just turn this old grandma and like, put it on the big screen because I haven't seen it. Would that be not allowed at this time of death? No, we can't find it. I can probably find it on my own. There's literally a point where one of the girls goes down and she she's but the outfit that she's wearing, the pants are like black. It looks like she's got her bits out. And we were just like, oh my god. And yeah. it's not, it's just PPC, but I get, you know, when you're in the limelight, you know, that's going to get attention. Just like, you know, putting how I was tempted to put another bikini shot on Instagram. I didn't. It's like, <laughs> it's really, yeah, it's hard not to be gassed by the likes. Like, you know that that's going to get a reaction. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, I just have to like applaud people like Christine and the Queens yeah. and like some of the babes coming through right now that are just pure talent and just subverting a bit of the idea. Even, I know Cara Delevingne, she's not a music artist, but I mean, for God's sake, she shaved her hair off and sprayed it silver. Like, thank God. Like, thanks for <laughs> doing something different. That but then also, she's not at least taking a clothes. I don't know, she's not naked, is she? Do you think she's putting on like a sequin tuxedo? And I feel like Katy Perry's done that again recently as well. She's and now I think it's Katy Perry. I feel like she's not doing it in the same kind of way. She's doing it more for oh, what's the new controversial thing that I can do? <laughs> Selling yeah, it in a different way rather than this is the thing yeah. I'm doing to be a kind of a strong, independent woman. It's like if I be this strong, independent woman, then I can sell that as the new thing. Like yeah. I'm selling this new woke Katy Perry. Okay, yeah. so we'll hold it for a minute with woke Katy Perry. Hold that <laughs> um, we're going to come to you guys for questions. And as ever, somebody has to be the first to ask. But I tell you now that we are short on time, and so we'll get to the end, and then you'll be like, oh my god, I wish I'd asked. <laughs> so if you think you might even have a little bit of that FOMO, now is your moment. Yes. I'll go. Um, so I'm curious whether any of you see a link between some of these we talked about earlier, which I would put under an umbrella of the sort of everyday sexism the way um, women can be victimised for the way they dress, whether it's even just the fact they get common talking down the street, which may be unwanted, whether that links to where Little Mex have ended up, as in, well, this is how I need to be successful. This is what I need to do to be successful in a quote-unquote man's world. Now, I think that's too extreme. It's not a man's world. But I think there may be a link between the two in the sense of that's what it takes to be light to be successful that's what it means to be sexy in this i would say i'm curious whether any of the panel see that Jane, link between knowing the knowing the girls i i don't think mm. i don't think that but i do think in general like just outside of the music industry just ev in everyday life then yeah they are influenced by things like that and that particular you know that video that was something that their concept that they come up came up with and it was to do with cost outfits and costumes but actually, when it translated into the video, it was bloody awful. And we all said it. Ah, <laughs> oh, interesting. 
Yeah. Well, I think that was what I struggled with with the Little Mix is that that their age group and that generation, but yet it seemed to have a really old school, like, uh, like creation. Like I would I would expect I would expect that video ten years ago Mm -hmm. for like ninety like nineties R and B, but I didn't expect that now from a modern day act at that age group, especially if they are influencing what they're doing. I'm like, oh my goodness, how are they still being infiltrated by? you know, the shit that I was infiltrated by. <laughs> yeah. Is there kind of like a, n- I've not seen it, is there like a knowing wink to it or is it straight up, no. here's, my, like, here's my bits? Well, it's just very, they're really, really sexualised, mm-hmm. like in a really uncomfortable way. And Are there sure any men in the video as well? Or yeah. Is it yeah, the dancers. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Might it be fair to suggest that it... Uh, we are sexualised and we might think that we have to take our clothes off to get ahead, but perhaps it's not just with flesh, it's also with content. Mm. So, like, you know that thing that Bjork wrote and she put on Facebook uh, at the end of last year, and she's like, when I write about the planets and the atoms and the cosmos, I get no ratings from the press, but when I talk about heartbreak, suddenly mm. you're all, like, on my doorstep. And actually, we... And, you know, look at, like, what's popular on telly, it's, like, relationship stuff. Mm. We still see women as these sexual objects and we want to get a piece of that in any way I don't know I think that's a really interesting point which is that actually is it that kind of from human experience we know that that's what we're interested in that's what titillates us that's what drives a click so we then play into it more and we get more and more of it which I think is a lot of questions yeah lady at the back But is it is it up to them? Is it their responsibility? I mean, I'm just yeah. putting that out there. They're doing what they want to do because it's their career, their songs. They do what they want. It's you know they get and not just them. Like lots of artists, they get slammed for everything. Any comment they make is scrutinised. It's put under a microscope. And ultimately, they're like you know, we're doing this because we want. This is what we want to do. If you don't like it, then don't watch it. Can I ask a question that's which might sound rude to Little Mix and I don't know and I haven't read enough interviews with them so I don't know the answer and it could be completely different from what I am making a massive assumption about. If we were to say to Little Mix, how do you feel about the concept of the male gaze? Would they know what I was talking about? Yeah. <laughs> as, yeah. A, as a feminist tract rather than just Ben looking at them. No, yeah, they would, they would yeah. get it. They're, pr- they're pretty savvy. So do they not... Because they seem to me like quite a... They're, Poor Little Mix. You feel got, like they're getting a I know, I know. <laughs> I don't get sacked for this. I think you've got to think as well about the competition and the world yeah. that they live in. Like, they could be dropped any second because there's someone else coming out. So they have to, you know, whether they're relevant or... And this goes with any artist. Mm-hmm. There's always someone biting at their heels. So they need to make, you know, they need to... And whether that's being controversial in their videos or being outspoken about, you know, artists being outspoken in a certain way or trying to make themselves relevant in a certain way, that they're just, they want to maintain their their span. 
But isn't that what isn't that what female artists do quite a lot? They dial up the controversy by being more sexy, wearing less clothes. Do, are there any examples of guys that do that? Like, I yes. understand the whole threat of competition. Do, please don't make me w make you watch the take that video from nineteen. Oh, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> shock like back in the 70s you know with the when Elton John and like David Bowie and all those kind of characters mm. that were you know provocative in other ways and you know culture club in the, in the 80s yeah. so they're all you know they're trying to be out there I guess with, with the fashion that some of these young girls wear you I know mean, these are young girls and that's what they see and beyond you know Beyonce on stage she wears like a lot of revealing outfits yeah. Yeah. but no one seems to go for her because they see her as this powerhouse, this businesswoman, you know, they're, they're a business. But, you know, yeah. she's Georgia, still... She's I think there's a difference between, like, a Miley Cyrus on a... Dressing yeah. Beyonce on stage, do you know what I mean? Like, well, well, there, there is. Beyonce sometimes gets it more because of what else she stands for. Like, she's not like her sister, like... So she straddles both, so sometimes mm -hmm. she gets that kind of, like, you hypocrite, how mm -hmm. can you be up there great in one minute mm -hmm. and do, like, lemonade and mm -hmm. stuff? So yeah. In a lot of ways, I agree to you. I think it's about um, nature. I think it's a sign of the times. I think we are coming out of it, and mm -hmm. I think, actually, it's a lot cooler and sexier to be Christine and the Queens, but it's it's slow. Mm -hmm. I look at my little niece, and she, she does think she has put near naked stuff on. Yeah. yeah, well that's it. She'll be watching a little mix video, right? And I'm just I just think that they I just think there is a, a cooler way that they could have been super sexy mm. and not been like objectified in that way. Because who are little mix is a lot of Sorry, let's make sure this could happen. So we're gonna go one, two, three in this order, so starting with Sadie here. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. They, they, they're not talented, they're not models, they're not supermodels at all, they're not 
Who, sorry? Um, people like um, Kylie oh. and Ariana Campbell. Yeah. But because they know the right people and they look the same way, they get so much like um, media attention. Mm -hmm. And um, and the same with Cara Delevingne. She got to where she was because her mum knew the, the manager of... Let's not get into that. But yeah, <laughs> she got to where she is. And they have no talent. And so when you're, you're a young girl and you're working your ass off in law school, in med medical school, and you're not getting all these experiences that you've seen other people vlogging and blogging about, then you do feel like you need to do that. So there is a lot of contradiction in that. Mm -hmm. Great point. Thank what, you. what can we do as consumers, though? Can we have a revolution and stop watching and buying it? Or stop like, Instagram, like, stop, stop Facebook, stop Twitter. Yeah, like, because the ones that are worth living. Yeah. And that's what it's about. And I do feel artists as... Hang on, okay, we're, we're, we're going to have to be very organised on all the points. <laughs> uh, lady here and then lady behind her, yeah. You, yes. Um, okay, just, um, just have a little mix, if maybe mm -hmm. mix, was <laughs> Little mix. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, just on that, the person that kept coming up in my mind when we were talking about that is Ariana Grande. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you've seen her, and I'm pretty sure she's still under 18. Well, Little Mix has just like been on tour with her in America. Yeah, <laughs> 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 but her mates, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, actually, it's the she's same. Like, licking her fingernails, yeah. grinding the like, and she, but she looks like she's twelve. Uh -huh. And it's not even like, do men look at her? Are they turned on? I feel like that is. Who is turned on by licking fingernails? But it's you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 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 Somebody is, is, is she? She's not. I can't. I can't I'm, yeah. imagine there is a bunch of people telling her. She needs yeah. to be wearing nothing and doing that. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering who the directors are on the video. Yeah, great Well, point. the thing We're is, the directors of the video, sorry, just from amusement management, generally the artists that we work with, they choose their own directors. Mm -hmm. So they're not they're not forced a director upon them. No, but you can choose a director, but if that director is very old school in their thinking mm -hmm. and, like, you know, then gonna you're going to get mm -hmm. yeah. that sort of... Lady at the back, sorry, from Rating Pay um, I do think, like, we do have loads of, like, these men stars that say, like, Ed Sheeran and Khalid and Shawn Mendes and, like, John Mayer, these pretty bland in, like, I don't know, that's just my opinion. You say some of them are great, I'm not saying that, but then I think the thing is not to feature sexualization, I think it's definitely, like, you have to be interested. If you look at one of the highest selling women in, like, music today, Adele, mm -hmm. like, she's yeah. dominated yeah. the charts and everything, but a lot of it was to do with the fact that the beginning, anyway, that she was a bigger girl or she was considered ugly. I think as a girl, you can't just be a normal woman in the music industry. You have to either appeal to this, like, hyper-sexualized image, or you have to be completely different. You have to be big or bold or spotty, or you have to, like, depart. You can't just be a woman. I think that's an entertainment as a whole. If you look at, like, Hollywood as well, with, with the actresses who are the big girls getting the funny roles. And they're funny because they're big. Like, well, actually, no, you're a good actor or actress. Yeah. Like the jolly get, one. Yeah. Also, that's why Sia's quite sick, having mm. the wig over her face. Mm. Yeah. And all this stuff just makes me think, let's just stop buying it. Mm -hmm. Let's just stop. Like, we could just, we could just stop talking about it. We could just stop buying the magazines. Like, you yeah, know, the power's in our It's true, I don't want to watch Little Mix in their underwear. I don't. I don't want to talk about that. I want to have, like, a good conversation about something else. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Lady at the front here. Um, a couple of points. So the Ariana Grande point, um, I was on a video with Ariana 
because I work in the industry as well, she's very much in control of all of her creatives. She very much leads the way and tells people exactly how she wants it. Um, so, um, on for example, it was a problem video I was there for. I was working with Lydia Xavier, that was who was like managing at the time. So, she is so across everything. So, everything you see is very much coming exactly from her, whether that's right or wrong, mm -hmm. differently. Um, the Little Mix thing is really hard because I think I work with a very young artist at the moment. I've worked with her for three years since she was 13, and I've been as uncomfortable as it, as it is, I've been privy to seeing interaction between like a lot of her school friends, how they use things like Snapchat. And it's shocking at times because you see how overexposed they are at that age and what they feel is sexy. So they will like Snapchat each other like half naked and they think that that's okay. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like crazy. Um, but with things like Instagram and stuff, um, the, there's like a positive body image that's happening with a lot of fitness and inspiration and there's a lot of women that are exposing themselves that don't have perfect bodies and they are dressing next to nothing to try and get a really good thing out there and I think with the Little Mix video for example I, I do see it from that side because when you work with young people you're always fearful that they might follow that suit and overexpose themselves too early but um, not that she isn't you know, I, I know Jessie's had a lot of bad press yeah. because of her size. And she's tiny. And she's, she's tiny, she tiny. Is. Yeah. I saw her at the Brits and I was like, oh my yeah. god, they're all like mm -hmm. miniature. But um, when you're up there on that platform and you are um, getting a lot of bad attention for your size or something, I actually do think it's quite empowering to be able to stand mm -hmm. up there and go, no, I am confident in who I am. I'm mm -hmm. confident in the person and I'm not going to change for you. So if I want to wear this, I'm yeah. going to wear it. Yeah. So I think it really... If, if you looked at Little Mix and if all of them were not as aesthetically perfect as we all think they are, would we have the same attitude towards them if they were all standing there dressed in next to nothing but not what you see as being that perfect image? Would we see that as bad? Would it be like a mega trainer moment where you're like, oh, actually she's standing up for more curvaceous women and she's given a positive attitude? Interesting point. Is it actually that it's not so much about what they're doing but the idea that we are so used to kind of sexualizing women that even when they're not trying to do that we can't see them any other way you think Emma? I don't know I think that the point you're making about there I think little mix actually do have very diverse body shapes and mm -hmm. things and I think you're right there is something there actually about them they do wear what they want to like and they do the moves that they want to do you know same like Beyonce as well Beyonce will you know she will totally rock it whatever size she is you know whatever she's wearing so yeah there's definitely that that comes through with little mix but then do the 12 year olds just get brainwashed by a catchy tune and then they think that they have to be naked I think, yeah. that, no, I think the video is one thing whereas the performance is another so when they're performing at the Brits and they've yeah. got these costumes on that there's not much there, but they're, they look amazing. I mean, they, Little Mix, they killed the Brits the past two years when they've been on. Their performance has been spectacular. And the amount of positive feedback that they've had. You go to the concerts, and these girls love them in a real, like, yeah, you know, they would stand up for me. They don't, you know, they don't view them. I, I don't think they've got a 16-year-old niece who, you know, she's loved Little Mix since she was, like, 11. And she just, she loves them. Yeah, she was a bit like, mm, couldn't like that touch video, but she loves every, she loves the album. She's now she's sixteen, and it's all the seventeen, eighteen, nineteen year olds. They love them. It's not you know. Well, yeah, when they were on the X Factor, it was a lot younger, and they're still younger audience. But the the girls are twenty three, twenty four. 
and you forget that you think they're 16 and they're not they're older so it's they're changing well. you've got to let yeah you've got to let them express themselves and if that's the way they do so it we are then... very tight on time so we're going to have one last question and because your hand is so high and you are so <laughs> determined <laughs> it is going to be you um it was just more of an observational point and it's perhaps the fact that everyone in this room is perhaps contributing to this issue itself how much of how much what percentage of time that we spent in this room have we spent talking about what women in the industry look like and I'm mm -hmm. so almost like I don't want to hate on the situation but I'm, I'm almost disappointed because I kind of wanted to hear more about insights into what do they think what are their extra extracurricular activities you know what, <laughs> that, that kind of insight and it's almost like okay pick this up and imprint what would have perhaps been spoken about in a, a men's men in yeah. music industry um, discussion what percentage of that would have been spoken about talking about men's dicks or abs or probably little um, but that was no, just they are quite vain, maybe, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just like a, um, a one person observation but it's it a great point to me. that we add to it this, when we give it air space and time we add to it um, so like I said, we are short on time, so we are going to have to bring it to close, but we are having drinks next door, so come bring more of that, get some tips and insight. Um, but as ever, when we close out these things, we like to ask our panel for their kind of badass insight, the one thing they want to tell you to go out and do and understand and take away to hopefully be more badass than you already even are. Um, so Emma Sexton, we're going to start down the end with you. What's your insight for this week? Uh, I think my insight is express your own sexuality rather than your own sexiness, rather than what you think should be sexy. So find your own inner sexiness. Um, mine is um, a lot of the time I had no idea what I was doing, especially when I was walking into a room to interview PDD or something, you know, when I'd just left uni. And I think just pretending you know what you're doing. If you pretend you know what you're doing, everyone just believes you. You're like, yeah, totally. I know it because I've got this. Um, and like, someone spoke to me about the swan technique once. So like, above the water, you're like, la, 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 and then under, you're like, fuck shit. <laughs> and like, that was quite good. And another thing I thought, which um, is quite obvious, it was really obvious at Beats actually, is just always be aware of whoever you're working with in the industry. You never know when you're going to see them again and what position they're going to be in. For instance, Julie Adenuga. She was just like had a little blog at the time. Um, she wasn't even on rents, and then she was like the main anchor, you know. So I guess just seriously have that on your mind. Like you might end up managing someone out who's like in a really big position who you're scared of, and then someone else who you're like, oh, you know, might end up doing something. So just try and be nice. Thank you. That is that is totally my one as well. It's don't be a dick. <laughs> the music industry is such a small place, and the amount of times I've kind of bumped into. I mean, I've been working in it for fourteen years. The amount of times I've bumped into someone who was like an intern somewhere who's now managing someone else or someone's like, well, you work experience at NME seven years ago. And they're like, oh, now, now I'm buying you a coffee because I, I have to go to this meeting with you and you're in charge of something. So just be nice to everyone because it's so much nicer than being nasty to everyone. Because I've met people in the industry who are dicks and no one likes them and, you know, they don't really get anywhere. Or they might get somewhere, but they'll just live horrible shallow lives and cry when they go to bed. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. Jake. I would just, I would say, just you know, crack on with it. W work on your own merit, and don't think that all men in the music industry are sexist or misogynist because they're not. And you know, and there, but there are a lot. But you can, you know, if you dwell on that, you're not helping yourself. I don't think. You know, there's things that we can do together and collectively, men and women together in the business. But ultimately, 
it's your own responsibility to get your promotion, to get, if you're happy with, with the pay that they're offering you, and you accept that, then what does it matter what anyone else is getting ultimately? That's, you've accepted that, that price. So I think you've, you've got to, we've got to take responsibility for, for making it. Just ask for more when you're negotiating the forms in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, so, as ever, I'd like to end these events with um, a couple of things that I've picked up. So, first one, which is a brilliant point, like, how involved can we get in other women's lives? And actually, when can we let them go, right? So, let them go and do their thing. Um, but also, champion the women that we think are doing brilliant and diverse and incredible stuff. Uh, the second one is that um, when you have a panel of industry experts, they are brilliant, uh, actually make the point to try and connect with them afterwards. Sorry, guys. Um, but try and connect with them because they're here and they have advice and wisdom and guidance. So if you want to hear more from them, I know that they would... I'm just saying this. I know they want to hear that. Um, but connect and make that connection. And third and finally, as always, I have to do the most important thing in life is a bit of gratitude. So a huge round of applause to our amazing panel. Um, an even bigger round of applause to the fabulous W Hotel London for hosting us as ever. And if you like to see more, um, Emma and I host the Badass Women's Hour with our colleague Natalie Campbell. It's a podcast, it's a radio show, you can download it on iTunes now. Or you can find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour, HR at Badass Women's Hour, um, following the hashtag BAWH. We're around, come talk to us and give yourselves a huge round of applause for turning up to us. That's brilliant. This has been the Badass Women's Hour live at the W Hotel London. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.